Welcome, welcome everybody to the last Cloud Assessments Reinvent Prediction Podcast. I say it's the last prediction podcast. However, we are going to move on and stay on a regular weekly, bi-weekly type of schedule. And I think, Christoph, you and I are going to move on, move on to Cloud Assessments uh, potentially either compute and or financial technology security podcast and webinar and cloud assessment and activity series. What do you think about that? Yeah, so we definitely don't want to stop talking about this kind of stuff, you know, just trying to stay up to date with new AWS updates, but also going back and looking at some of the existing features and services and how people can use them. For example, how can companies in financial tech services uh, industries, how can they use what AWS has to offer to do, uh, you know, to build their platforms and whatnot. So there's a lot we can talk about is what I'm trying to say. I love it. I'm super excited about it. And so I, I think the real question that, that we have is how are we so awesome? And I mean, I say that with all the humility in the world, but if we look at the uh, predictions that we made, you and I, Christoph, compared to what was announced, I got to say almost everything we predicted was announced, and of course more. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, at a fairly high level, we nailed it, right? We talked about artificial intelligence, we talked about security, we talked about containers. What else did we talk about? Alexa, serverless, serverless. Alexa. Yeah. And guess what? All of those were hit in some capacity, some of them by a lot of different updates and the others by maybe a couple of different updates. But every single one of those that we just mentioned, something happened at reInvent for those. Yeah. yeah and you, you talked about Internet of Things. I think the one thing that we totally missed, to be 100 percent honest, was media services and the Cloud9 announcement. Oh, there's one more I just thought of, and I'm, I'm really sorry, Anthony, I, I got to do this to you. They did not announce the headquarters. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. They didn't, did, did they? Nope. That's the, I think that's probably the major one we missed there. I thought for Someone sure. like an 80%. I'm going to just fictitiously make up like a 70, 80% success rate for it. So I'm just going to claim it. I'm just going to say it. Well, and you should. And also I, I just kind of have to put this out there. I feel like that was a big miss on their part because they claimed to do it in Q1 and they should have pulled that trigger and just done it at reInvent and then shocked everyone. And I think that would have absolutely sealed the show. Not saying they didn't put on a great show. They always put on a great show. And this year was even better in my opinion. I just had a great time, but I gotta say disappointed they didn't do it. So I, I was with you on that one. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm disappointed, but I get it. So let's think about this from a marketing standpoint, right? In Q3, they have all of these announcements because reInvent. So all they're doing is getting free publicity for every service and every single thing all the way down to the chicken wing eating contest or world breaking thing that they had where they got the Guinness Book of World Records. You know, it's, it's just for publicity. And then guess what? If they give it all away now, they're not going to get any. So think about this. Q1, they're going to announce their new headquarters. Everybody's going to talk about that for about three months. They're going to analyze it in every different way. What's it mean for the city? What's the economic impact? What's it mean for jobs? And they'll go through do, do, what's the opportunity cost for these other com other cities that don't get it. How is it going to hurt them? I mean, media can really extend on these things. So I don't know. I don't know. Genius on their part. I mean, from a logistics perspective, I was trying to think about this over the weekend, just how they pull it off. Because like you said, not only do they have so many new either services or features announced, they also have different events happening during reInvent. 
Uh, for example, we ran, I ran across uh, with Fernando, who was one of our course authors, I ran across uh, Andy Jassy, the CEO of AWS, and we we're just kind of talking to him for a little bit. And he meant, he asked us, hey, are you guys going to this? Are you guys going to that? And some of those things I'd never even heard of, even though they were on the agenda somewhere, or you know what I mean? Like, it's just, even for us at Linux Academy, sometimes we have so many features, it could be hard to explain what those features are, or, to, or for people to even know that we have them until they get in the platform. But with AWS and reInvent specifically, how can they really capitalize on all of those different things? And then if you start throwing in that headquarters announcement in there, that could drown all of the other things as well. So you do make a good point in that regard, I think. Yeah, either way, they, they seem to have something going for them. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. And hey, we ran into Jeff Barr. That was actually a really good conversation too. too. So interesting to find out some of AWS processes on the back end. Yeah, like how they announce new things, going back to, again, how many announcements they have, how many changes they have on a yearly basis, usually more updates than there are days in the year. How do you keep that machine going so that you can crank out that information in a way that's uh, helpful to others, to others, right? And so he kind of talked about the system, that was, which was pretty interesting. How funny is it when you, you know, you think about in your head what somebody's like over, over and over again, you've, you've read about them, you followed their Twitter years and years and years, and then you have a conversation and he's just a totally different person than you ever thought. Probably one of the coolest guys that I met at reInvent just because he was, it was just like, I don't know. We were just talking about his, his family, their coding conversations, you know, it, it's just so interesting. It was so cool. Yeah, and, and same thing with students, right? Sometimes I interact with students online, for example, LinkedIn or a community of students. And they're, you know, I kind of have a mental image of who they are as a person. Uh, I know that sounds weird, but I don't mean it in a negative way at all. I mean it in a very positive way, right? I imagine that they're this type of person and then they show up at the booth and they're like, hey, and sometimes I don't even recognize them because their picture looks different than on LinkedIn. Like this one guy, I swear, I pulled up his picture. I'm like, this is not you. And he's looking at me. He goes, I swear that's me. Uh, it's just a lot of fun to, to see what they're really like in person. And I'm sure they kind of feel the same way when they see us. And they're like, wow, Christoph's shorter than I thought he would be because you know, I'm not a tall dude. So that, that's kind of a funny point that you bring up. Yeah, and so let's talk about some of these. Let's talk about some of our favorites, right? And we can just skim them over it a little bit. You know, you have inside of analytics, you have Amazon Kinesis video, video streams. I think that's going to work a lot with, uh, you know, part of their media pushing. And I will say one of the things that also uh, took me a little bit by, by surprise, but not really, but kind of did, <laughs> was uh, the, train, the transcribe, the AWS transcribe service. You know, you know what I'm talking about there? Yeah. Uh, have you played with it at all yet? I haven't. I, I've, I've signed up for preview, but I haven't been selected yet. I'm just hoping, you know, because we've been we've been prototyping a lot of transcription automation things for our uh, our videos at Linux Academy and Cloud Assessments. You know, one of the main problems is is that technology terms are not interpreted very well at all, and so it needs a manual review process. And so you have to build a unit around that to go through and manually review them. And I'm just hoping that they're a tech company. Surely they're going to be able to get the technology terms that. AWS and relate to AWS correctly during that, you know, that automatic transcription video of videos in there. Yeah, it's one of those things, even at Scale Your Code, that's been an issue for the longest time. So we have to have people that go in there and manually do it, you know, listen to the episode, QA it, 
and you kind of have to build a team around that to make sure that things don't slip through. And oftentimes human humans make mistakes. So things do fall through. You might have typos or you might write the wrong technology and nobody catches it. But when you have a machine that can do it, it's uh, as long as it's, it's at a good enough proficiency level, then there shouldn't be those mistakes. And that, I just had a thought, you know, when um, just a few years back, when we had voice recognition on phones, for example, it was not very good at all. I remember those days, I didn't even use it because it was just so bad. Now it's really getting pretty good. Sometimes it doesn't get what you're saying. Same with Alexa, sometimes you have to repeat it or Siri or whoever it is, or uh, whatever it is. But I think the same thing is gonna happen with transcription, especially in regards to technical content. Like you were saying, AWS, I'm sure they're gonna make it where their services are recognizable uh, and the service can tell, so. Get this, you can, it, it supports custom vocabulary. So it gives you the ability to add custom vocabulary. So even if it doesn't recognize it, the first time you have to manually modify it, recognize it going forward. Yeah, I'm still a little bit skeptical if I'm being honest, I'll have to play with it and see how it works because I've always had my high hopes up and then it never really follows through. But like I said, I think things are getting a lot better, faster with these types of technologies. So I'll try it out and see. Well, it's because it's it's all based on AI in the back yeah. end. I have no doubt. Yeah. And don't don't break my heart. I need this one. We need this one. Our students need this one. This is a good win. I hope good so. win. If it when it comes out, we can add that in. So for all of our competitors who are always listening, where that's what we're going to use. We use use AWS stuff. Don't know what to tell you. <laughs> There's also Amazon Translate. Did you see that one? I did. So you can what take that, take the transcribe, and convert it into different languages. That's awesome. Yeah, and then there's also you know AWS DeepLens. Uh, there's also uh, Amazon Recognition Video. So that's that's a lot of the things that we were talking about, right? We didn't have specifics. Like I didn't predict that there's going to be Amazon Recognition Video, but it kind of all plays around uh, around what we're talking about there. And, and with DeepLens, um, that's which is quote unquote the world's first deep learning enabled video camera for developers. Uh, we had Jeremy Edberg who we've interviewed on Scale Code before. He used to be at Netflix and Reddit, and now he's starting his own company. But he managed to get into one of those sessions, I think it was a hands-on workshop or something, where they gave away one of those video cameras. I tried to steal it from him, but he was gripping onto it pretty tight, so I didn't get to get it. But I'm pretty excited to see what people do with that. Anytime you give a cool technology like that to developers, you know something amazing is gonna happen with it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really excited about that. So we keep going on here. Uh, a surprise, actually, we'll just go down a little bit. Um, you know, we're not going to cover every single one. Obviously, it's pretty cool. There's there's some R and AR in there. I, I will tell you one of the ones that I was surprised by, but I'm a little excited about Alexa for business. Mm -hmm. Given the fact that we have technically three office locations, one's only a small two-person office, but we have a we have a we have a fifth-person office and a twenty-person office. And we use Zoom for conferencing, and it's just a pain in the butt a lot of times. And just kind of how you can go and just easily join conference and call another office as if you're in there just easily. Uh, it, it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm really kind of optimistic for some of the natural communication to start occurring and distributed work environments even more. It makes so much sense. The Alexa has penetrated the household, the individual household. Now they're going after businesses. And like you were saying, we have three different locations, but we also have people all over the United States. I think, what is it, 15 states now where our staff is spread out. So you always have, we, we rely on this on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think it might be uh, very helpful for us, for our business. I've literally bought three Echoes in the past 
four days. <laughs> really? Yeah. As gifts to in other a, people or for yourself? Uh, one, one for my office for prototypes. Oh, for, no, I take that back. So three for the Dallas-Fort Worth office. Uh, and then we got one going into the Kansas City office. And then I got, got one in my office at home and then one in my kitchen and then my original one from two years ago in my bedroom. And it's controlling all of our Christmas lights and Christmas music and connected to our speaker systems. And uh, it's getting a little crazy now. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, that's cool. I, I can't wait to see you. I'm sure this is just the beginning of what they're trying to do with Alexa for business. But this is pretty exciting for me. Absolutely. And here, one of our favorite, favorite things to talk about over the reInvent Prediction podcast was we predicted we were going to see a, a lot of compute. And that actually came true. That was one of our core predictions. And we saw a lot of compute. So let me just capitalize and, and read through on some of these. We have Amazon EC2 bare metal instances, Amazon EC2 H1 instances, M5 instances, EC2 Unlimited. I think there's just a lot of instance announcements there, but one of the super exciting ones we saw coming from a mile away, but we're still really hoping for Amazon EKS for managed Kubernetes on AWS. Amazon Fargate, or excuse me, AWS Fargate that integrates inside of ECS. And I've been prototyping that a little bit. It's pretty cool. I would say the only limitation so far is, is that you can't run linked containers together. Um, you can do that using the regular infrastructure component, but if you want the serverless component, it's not quite yet supported. And then you have AWS serverless application repository and new spot pricing model. But what's, you know, what's really missing from here on the announcements page is quite frankly their systems manager update. You know, they launched an actual service designed around their systems manager, which is already found in EC2, just it wasn't very user-friendly. And the way they designed this dashboard, I was playing with uh, systems manager tonight, AWS systems manager, before we started doing this podcast. And they're really looking to just completely replace use case cases for Chef and Puppet and Salt inside of the cloud, which is, which is pretty interesting. I actually haven't played with it yet, or I didn't realize they had done that, so that's really cool. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Given uh, given kind of some of our workloads are included in there, uh, it's 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 been re been relatively interesting. So nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, what's really cool about it is, is it reduces the need to have to have multiple different tools, and then and obviously as we grow and people come in and participate in our infrastructure, then they have to learn multiple different tools where it's stored, and so it's it's actually actually really cool. And then they also had uh, you know talking about serverless, they had Aurora serverless which a lot of people were kind of scratching their heads. What does that mean? Isn't Aurora kind of serverless already? And really what they mentioned was that it's designed for workloads that can vary quite a bit and you only pay for what you need. So that's that's really what they mean there. Um, and then they also obviously had some updates with Amazon DynamoDB global tables and on-demand backups, which are really cool. You know, this is very helpful from a data backup perspective, but what gets me even more exciting, excited, I mean, is just trying to wrap my head around the logistics of building architecture and everything behind the scenes that can that can do that, that can perform on-demand backup. And I think, I'm pretty sure I'd have to double check this, but I'm pretty sure they claimed that it would not cause any slowdowns or any downtime at all, which is just incredible when you think about it. Uh, absolutely. And uh, it's, I, I'm giggling a little bit around the uh, Azora, uh, Azora. Or a serverless, because it, the, the lines of what serverless is and isn't is relatively blurred now at this point, I yeah. think. Yeah, definitely. 
it's kind of, I don't think there's really a, a hard set definition that they're going by here, but it, it kind of makes sense when you look at it, right? You're, you're not paying kind of like EC2 instances versus Lambda functions. The Lambda functions only run when you need them versus the EC2 instances can stay running constantly. So that's, to me, that's kind of the, the, the uh, distinction there in terms of Aurora, but interesting nonetheless. I think that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. Yeah. Let's see, what else did they have? AWS Cloud9. Yes. Yes, that one, I can't believe that hasn't come out sooner. I'm so glad it's come out, though. I, uh, I'm i instantly dis disappointed, not going to lie. Why? So I, I haven't had much experience with Cloud9. And kind of how it works is similar to my personal development workflow. It launches an instance in the back end, right? You have full access to it in the, ter the terminal there. You have a preview window. Super, super awesome. The downside is, is that you can't really run Docker containers in there for your application. Mm. So Cloud9, and I, I hope I'm wrong, but all of, the, all of the research we got together started looking at this. Cloud9, the way that it operates is you're going to put your code on there and you're just going to run it like a regular instance versus deploying out. Uh, so I instantly tried to point out uh, one of our lab uh, lab services that we run in Docker containers and and start start jump jumping in that in the development standpoint, and you just can't do it. It doesn't yeah. work right. So the way I look at it, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's just this is just the beginning, right? And they're really going to make it better and better. I don't know. To me, it seems like this is something that should have happened a long time ago, and I'm just excited that they're finally launching something like this. And hopefully, we'll see a lot of new features come out, similar to Lambda, right? Every time I look at Lambda's dashboard or even some of the features that they have for that, it seems like they've changed it in some way, and they're really drastically improving it. So uh, I think that this is very early on in stage, and hopefully, hopefully, I'm right in that regard. I hope so. I hope so. A lot of times, though, we see them just launch a new service that's the same thing but different, right? Yeah. So maybe it'll be Cloud9 Docker. Right, right. That's a good point. We'll have to see how they do it. But the other one I was super excited about was Amazon Guard Duty. And the reason I was excited about it is because I'm pretty sure in one of the episodes, I'll have to go back and figure out exactly which one, but I mentioned, you might remember this, Anthony, that they were going to have some kind of intelligent security service. And this is what Guard Duty does. It's quote-unquote intelligent threat detection that lets you con continuously monitor for malicious or just unauthorized behavior. And that way you can just monitor your AWS account and the workloads that you run inside of that account. So I'm just very excited to see this. I think it was very much needed. But also I'm just happy that I, I, nailed, the, uh, I nailed it. <laughs> Again, I mean, I think that's the news, the news night is we, we just totally nailed it. I was super excited. You know, we were at reInvent and I think we looked at each other and like, okay, can't wait to do this reInvent predictions podcast because basically we were right about what 70, 80, 90% of what we're talking about. But uh, <laughs> anyway, enough bragging. Uh, what else, what else came out? Uh, what else came out here? Let's see here. They had, uh, uh, they had Amazon comprehend, which kind of goes back to what we we're talking about with Translate, transcribe, which comprehend is uh, it helps you discover insights and relationships in text. So it's a natural language processing service that uses machine learning and that helps you find insights and relationships into text. I haven't really messed with it yet, but that sounds pretty interesting to me. So I'll definitely that'll definitely be a service that I look into. Absolutely, and then we have uh, what the AWS private link they came out with. Yeah, and a few just kind of updates to storage. Yeah, like Amazon S3 Select, Leisure Select, and some other ones like that. But I think we, for the most part, covered the the main the main services that they announced at reInvent 2017. 
I think so. And the big ones for me that I'm just really excited about, kind of as a recap, is the uh, Kubernetes service. The what? If I look at it, was it Fargo? Fargate? Fargate. Yeah. Fargate. I, I'm going to hate that name. I'm just going to. I keep wanting to say Fargo because that FX TV show. <laughs> it's a weird name. I don't, I don't uh, know why they chose that. I'm sure there's a the reason. Fargo. Far, well, I mean, with the, name, the way that, that technology works, I think we're running out of names. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Fargate was a big one. I was really excited about that. Serverless stuff was really cool. Um, I'm a big compute person for whatever reason. Uh, the AWS, which is on here underneath the ma uh, management stuff, the AWS was manager, a big favorite of mine, and then the transcribe services, which, you know, those, I look at that as a lot of AI-based stuff, mm -hmm. to be honest with you, but they came out with a lot of machine learning. I am a little interested on the fact, the fact that they haven't really branded anything AI. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think we had talked about, about making AI more easily accessible, and um, I don't know, I don't know that they really did that. Now they did have SageMaker, which I think we already talked about, which is that fully managed service uh, where developers and data scientists can just quickly build, train, or deploy machine learning models at any scale. So that kind of goes in that direction. But I don't know. I kind of thought that we would be seeing more of that branded as artificial intelligence, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that security stuff like you talked about, I'm actually pretty excited to jump into guard duty. I've just already gone and enabled it and then I'm taking a look at it, to be honest with you. Oh, and then of course, the IoT stuff that you mentioned before, there was the IoT uh, analytics device defender, device management, and one click. I'm not really doing anything with IoT right now, so I haven't really spent time looking at what those are in depth, but I'm glad to see that there's more of that. Oh, and the uh, Amazon free RTOS which I believe lets you run some of that technology on uh, on those devices itself. So, um, Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, and real quick, I, I can't believe I just went and did this, but I just enabled guard duty, and you can generate sample findings. Um, and so it shows stuff like uh, an EC2 instance attempting to query the domain name of a known Bitcoin mining pool. Nice. Holy cow, that's pretty that's, cool. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. That shows you that... EC2 instant type launched. That, I mean, that shows you that Bitcoin has been a huge nuisance for a lot of different customers. Yeah, I, I, I believe that absolutely, mm -hmm. 100% on there. And they, there's, got a, there's a lot of cool stuff on here. You know, it looks like EC2 instance involved in RDB brute force attacks. It looks like some of their, I don't know if anybody's ever run instances on there, but if your instance gets comp compromised, you'll get an email from the AWS security team saying, these are the logs, this is what compromised, uh, fix it. And mm -hmm. you just got to imagine the manual process because you respond back to the email and they investigate your response. So I I just got to imagine that this, I'm just surprised the service didn't come out sooner yeah. because of the manual labor they've had to put in to do that. That's true, actually. Yeah, that's very true. I didn't think about that, but you're right. The back and forth is huge. So I wonder, I wonder what that's going to look like in terms of of their staff that was uh, in charge of that. I'm sure that freed up uh, a lot of their capacity. Yeah, absolutely. I'm probably going to go over there and work on solution architects teams, help customers, yeah. so on and so forth. So I, I think that was huge. So I'm really excited about this. So I'm glad you, you mentioned I didn't. I haven't thought about taking a look at it yet. I don't think... It does look like it's, it's regional-based, though. It's sorry, what? It's, it's regional-based, uh, which I guess makes sense because it is looking at the VPC and all that level. I think that would be my only complaint about it. Primarily because we could run in about six different regions. <laughs> You're right. Um, did we talk about inter-region VPC peering? 
Oh, no, we haven't talked about that yet. Which they kind of, I mean, they didn't make it a huge deal. They just kind of slept, slipped it under the, uh, under the rug. I don't know why, because that's pretty cool. VP, so that's, uh, you compare between two regions, right? Yeah, and then they posted it as an announcement on November 29th. So it was very much during reInvent. I just don't think they really spent time uh, talking about it anywhere. It just kind of slipped in there, and, and there it was. That's, that's relatively big. I thought so. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. That's I, I didn't. I didn't even. Uh, I remember hearing that. It didn't even dawn on me. Yeah. So that's. I mean, that's the only thing that I can think of that's not on my sheets here, or that I didn't really see, um, in their major announcements. Now we do have some other blog posts that talk about recaps, like the Andy Jassy keynote, uh, the um, Werner Vogel's keynote on cloudassessments.com slash blog. If you're interested in reading those, maybe you didn't get a chance to look at them or you were like me, you started watching them and then something distracted you away from that and that you had to take care of. And so I missed all of the major announcements and had to go back and look at those. But uh, it's a great write-up from Phil Zona, one of our writers here at Lynx Academy and Cloud Assessments. So definitely check those out if you're interested. Absolutely. And he's got a really cool holiday, how the North Pole migrated to the cloud. The surest way to my heart is kind of incorporating some holiday theme stuff. I was so I was so excited to see that. It was so cool. It's incredible because not to talk too much about it since the first episode is out, but there's going to be six episodes that haven't come out yet. But the way that he's thought of this entire story from end to end and not only been really creative with it, but also kept it technically accurate is super cool. So it's an actual migration, even though obviously Santa Claus is, um, is not real. Sorry if you thought it was real, he's not real, but, um, and Anthony's going to kill me for saying that. But anyway, Santa <laughs> is for everyone and <laughs> is as real as you make it. So anybody listening to this, whether, whether you like Christmas or not, or you celebrate or not, just this time of year, just bring some joy. Be happy. Be patient. That's what I love about this season is is it's sometimes so corny, but, you know, after a long year, after a lot of stress, after watching news in the world, you just need a little corny, corny love. You know what I mean? I don't mean that, I don't mean that in the way that it came out, but I just mean like <laughs> sometimes corny and, you know, some chocolate chip cookies with colored sprinkles on top with the shape of a snowman is just what the world needs. I actually feel Peace, love snowman. I feel really bad because I hope that no parent has this on a, a speaker right now where their kids can hear it. If if you did, I'm really sorry. I apologize. I feel bad now. But what I was trying to say So you're going to edit that out. You're just going to edit it out now. So what I was what I was trying to say though <laughs> is that um, you know, he took that and he's he's acting as if it were a real enterprise customer that was trying to migrate perform our migration to the cloud and so it's just a very creative way of doing that we're also going to be releasing tools for example we have that aws security webinar that i think we already mentioned in the previous episode if we didn't then guess what we have an aws security webinar that's coming out be sure to subscribe to the landing page on that so that you can get that email directly to you and we go through a lot of different services but anyway we also have cost calculators and diagrams and it's just it's a complete project that they're working on right now our team is and i'm super excited for it to come out so be sure to check it out i'll try to put a link below the video because it's not a super easy link so i'll put it down there absolutely and if anybody from aws is listening uh, on guard duty if you could set up findings to work with sns or lambda be super awesome so let us know definitely let us know in the comments all right anything else anthony that you can think of any other announcements 
I said, I'm, I'm almost digressing into talking and learning about guard duty. You might want to end this before it goes crazy. Okay. All right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. And I hope you had an awesome time at reInvent. If you came, uh, I, I hope I, I got to meet you. If not, I'm sure we'll have another opportunity next year. Please definitely swing by our booth next time. I just love meeting our students. And we saw so many of you. I mean, we talked to, to a few thousand people at the event. It was, it was just absolutely crazy. So had a great time. Thank you all for making it amazing if you didn't get to attend it again check out those posts that have those recaps you'll you didn't you know that way you can get that information without having to be on site so um thanks everybody and before we end this i'm going to stay corrected 100 i literally just started looking at guard duty duty documentation right on the left hand side monitoring amazon duty findings with amazon cloudwatch events so there you go awesome good job amazon <laughs> answer your Love own you question guys. <laughs> Thank you all and uh, have a great day or evening wherever you are.